0: Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, may they hear your word and not mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I have a question for you to consider. A bit of a thought experiment, if you will. And I know this is a bit unusual, but just humor me. Is it good news that there is a father? Okay, well, let me help you out with another question that I think will shed some light on how to approach this question. Is it good news that there is a husband? Okay, <laughs> ladies, yes, especially Mary, Richie, got it. Yes, um, the answer to this, that question is it depends, right? It depends on what kind of father. Well, some fathers are bad news. Some fathers are good news. Well, some of you might have lost your father while you're young. Some of you, your father might have left you when you were still young. And some of you might say, sometimes my father would hurt me, my mother, and my siblings. And some of you might say, I have nothing to do with my father. And sadly... All of these situations exist, and yes, these fathers are bad news. But there are also those of you who would say, I have a wonderful father. Well, today, I want to tell you that each and every one of us has a father that is very good news. So what are the characteristics of a good father? Well, I'm not an expert on this, but I will try my best. Well, I am one of those to have had the privilege and experience of to have a good father in this life. And not only that, but those of you who recall my testimony here a few months ago, I think you will know that I also have the privilege of a wonderful heavenly Father who has been active in my life in undeniable and incredible ways. So let me share with you some of the characteristics that I think define a good father. And we'll go to the scripture together to take a look at how our Heavenly Father measures up. First, I think a good father loves. Love is the first and most important characteristic of a good father. You'll see in the screen 1 John 3.16, 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Also, 1 John 4.8 says, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. John 3.16 tells us that God loves the world, which is to say that he loves us. And that's great news. He doesn't want any to perish, but wants every one of us to be saved. But now, we turn to consider 1 John 4.8. Notice here that this is saying about God. This is telling us something a bit different about God. And it's a critical insight into our Heavenly Father. This verse doesn't tell us what God is like. It isn't saying that God is loving or that God loves, as John 3, 16. It's not defining some behavior or act of God. No, this is telling us that love is the very essence of God's being. Love is the substance substance of who he is on some level. Of course, as created beings, we do not know and will never completely understand the full nature of God. But scripture gives us this small window to view his nature as far as we can. So the truth that God is love defines the Father's very nature and being as a result I'm going to suggest to you that God is love is the foundational truth of all of the scripture and that God's love is the force that actuates the entire story that scripture is telling us. This topic is a sermon all by itself, so I cannot pause here and unpack this for all that is worth right now, but suffice to say, love is love is a key characteristic of a good father and our father in heaven is love at his very core the next key characteristic of a good father is that he provides for his children in psalms 23 verse 1 it says i'm sure you know this uh, very well especially um, the chapter of psalms 23 but Psalms 23 verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And in Genesis 22 verse 8, it says, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. These two verses refer to a couple of the many stories in the Bible that illustrate how God provided for His people. And there are a lot of stories in the Bible that yeah, uh, you might have read that God provided over and over for His people. And even now, God provides for His children. I have experienced it in my own life. And even now, to these days, He still provides. Well, the next characteristic of a good father is that he teaches. He instructs. In Matthew 9.35, it says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Mark one twenty two says, And they were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Also, Matthew 22:33 says, And when the multitudes heard this, they were astonished at his teachings. A good father teaches. He teaches his children important things that they do not know. Things that are for their well-being, even if they may not understand or agree at the time. Some of you may have learned fishing, or hunting, woodworking, or even the love of sport from your father. Our God came to us in human form and gave us the perfect example of how we should live. He showed us and gave us the instruction book, the Bible. And he himself became the example of his very teachings. Now, we must discuss the characteristic of discipline. I'll admit, this one is the one that we're not too excited about. But it's important. So let's take a look at what Scripture tells us about it. In Hebrews twelve eleven, Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, Afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Also, Proverbs 13, 24, He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Ephesians 6, 4 also says, And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up, in the training and admonition of the Lord. A home without discipline is a home with lots of problems. I have, um, you know, let me make it clear that God is not the author of pain or misfortune. Those things come from the enemy. But we are in a fallen world, and we are caught up in this great cosmic conflict between good and evil, light and darkness, God and Satan. In this context, unfortunate circumstances exist, and while God does not create those, he can and will use them to shape and mold us, or if you will, discipline us to grow in ways that he knows are best for us. Out of these struggles, our faith can grow, and our reliance on him also grows. I have a professor in the Adventist University of the Philippines that um, actually he, he has two daughters. They are now young ladies. But uh, the eldest daughter told a sermon about how his father disciplined them. Every time they go to church, and this professor actually, he's a theology A professor, he's a pastor, and he would always tell to his kids not to run around the church. And of course, what kids (laughs) do—they try to sneak out and try to run around, or sometimes even play inside the church. And the father, of course, you know, it's like for him, it's like I want you uh, to listen to me and obey. If not, what will happen? You'll get some spanking, you'll get, you know, so. And uh, this daughter knows about it. But that Sabbath, she went and ran around the church. And of course, that Sabbath afternoon, the father came and talked to her. You know, he's got his belt in his hand and he said, you know why? And she knows and she said, yes, dad. So she started to brace herself for the spanking. And so he's holding his belt, but instead of striking the his daughter, he started striking himself. And that really gave an impression to his daughter's mind. Since then, she really realized to listen to her father because she doesn't want her father to get hurt. That's a kind of discipline that shows love. It's very important to discipline our children, but it has to be in the right way so they can learn and grow from that discipline. Finally, the father protects his children and saves them from danger. In short, a good father provides and thus for, um, provides and thus for his children those things that they, being children, could not have done for themselves. At the very beginning of scripture, Genesis chapters 1 and 2 tells us, uh, tell us how about, how, about how God created this world and everything in it. And it tells us that the crowning achievement of the creation was mankind, Adam and Eve. And he placed them in this world to have dominion over it and be fruitful and multiply. He declared all that to be very good. But in the very next chapter, Genesis chapter 3, the human race fell into sin. A situation that ends in death and a situation from which they, Adam and Eve, and we today As human race are unable to escape. Death comes for us all. And if you're honest and honest with yourself and every one of us, whether we believe in God or not have a sense that something about this world is just not right, things ought not to be as they are. But here we are, and we cannot get ourselves out of this. In Romans 5, 8, it says, God, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Here we see that God's love was demonstrated in the concrete historic fact that Christ died for us. Rather than abandoning us to our rightful demise, he put himself in our place as our substitute. In conclusion, here we see a father who loves, cares, provides, disciplines, and saves. God is willing to do everything to help us through this mess we've gotten ourselves into. You know, our situation is very much like the challenge one who would face if you were told that the only way to save your life is to complete an Iron Man race. Are you familiar with the Iron Man race that held in uh, Hawaii every year? Well, it is a race consisting of 2.4 mile open water swim, a 112 mile bike ride across the Hawaiian lava desert, and also, you have to run a 26-mile marathon along the coast of the Big Island. So if you had to complete that race, could you? Well, probably. With enough training and preparation, many of us might be able to do that. But now consider this scenario. You have to complete that race, but you can't walk, you can't run, you can't swim, And you can't even speak. Now, what are you going to do? That's the story of Rick Hoy. You might have heard of this. As a result of a tragedy at birth, Rick was left unable to walk or speak, but his mind was fully developed and he is as sharp as you, me or anyone when rick was a teenager he learned of a charity race being held in his own town for a local athlete who had been paralyzed and rick wanted to participate he asked his father a retired air national guard officer if they could run the race together his father said yes and they ran the race rick told his father after the race that being on the race course made him feel for the very first time in his life like his disability was gone. So Rick's father, who was not a runner, began to push his son in races. And eventually, they worked their way up to the Iron Man. I'm going to end today with a video that shows us just a tiny glimpse into the power of the love that a good father has for his children. We are helpless, but he is strong. We cannot save ourselves, but where we could not, he did for us. This is Rick's great uh, quest to complete the Iron Man. And this video is a modern-day parable that can teach us about how much our God, the Father, has done for us, is doing for us, and will do for us. And it is a reminder that we are helpless in this situation without our Heavenly Father.
1: Who taught the Son where to stand? Who told the ocean you can only come this far? And who showed the moon where to hide till evening? every same God that spins things in orbit. Runs to the weary, the one and the weak, and the
0: did it for him and our heavenly father will do everything for us you know we are in this world that is full of sin but you never have to lose hope because you have a heavenly father who loves you and he even gave his only son so that we could live let's pray our father in heaven Thank you, Lord, for what you have done for us. Thank you for loving us just as we are. Sinful, weak, selfish. But we thank you because through Jesus Christ, you have given us the chance to be called your children. I pray, Lord, that you will dismiss us with your love and your spirit.